ladies and gentlemen, welcome on to a special Above the Ring podcast. We're taking things back to the basics. Decided that I wanted to do something a little bit different, something that might gauge some interest from the local area for wrestling. So I decided that I would do a podcast for the local indie wrestling that is in my area in northern Vermont, and that is ETWA. Fantastic folks uh, based out of Eastern Township in Canada, doing a wonderful job. They've been in business for over 25 years, I believe, and they've been putting on some great shows since I've moved up to northern Vermont about five years ago. So I decided that... I wanted to cover their latest show, see what happens. And then as their shows continue, we'll continue to do more podcasts, see if we can garner more interest, see if we can get people to show up to the shows. Because believe me, folks, this is some good, good indie wrestling. So their show kicked off at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Great action on a Saturday night. Kick things off with a dark match, which... I haven't been able to go to their shows for a few months uh, due to timing constraints and, and different situations. So this was the first time for me in the five years that I've been going to their shows that they've done a dark match. So I'm like, all right, we got a whole bunch of new people here and we're starting, you know, we're getting our stories going and, and it's nice to see, you know, an extra match that's not on the card. So it was uh, Lucifer L taking on and defeating Wavy Will Wolfenstein. Both of these guys look good. Uh, Lucifer was <laughs> he he was in a, a Viking character and he was just screaming what I would assume would be Nordic language the whole match, uh, just yelling at his opponent. Will looked great as well. Uh, this was a lot of fun to watch, uh, but the big man Lucifer gets the win. And we moved on to our main show. So our main event event, well, our main event for this show was supposed to be the ETWA champion, Sonny Defarge, defending his title against the upcoming Sigma. Unfortunately, Sigma had been injured during his training. So unfortunately, he had to pull out of the match. But he came on as the show started. They were doing an interview in the ring, and he said that you know because Sigma comes from space, he unfortunately had a space concussion, <laughs> uh, which kept him out of action. But he does not lose his eventual title shot. He will get it once he comes back and is cleared from uh, his space concussion by his space doctors. Uh, we don't know when that's going to be. It could be at next month's show. It could be after the new year. We'll find out, but eventually we will have the champion versus Sigma. After that, we went to our opening contest of the night, which was Dante Drago, the frat star. Yes, a frat boy. I'll get more to this in a moment. Taking on the Dragonheart, Chi Long. Fantastic technical wrestler. Uh, but going back to Dante, Dante debuted last month, uh, from what I from what I gathered, and he got a Big win right off the bat. So it's, you know, obviously that good momentum going forward. Dante doing a great job in this contest as well. He does get the victory over Chi Long. And I like what Dante does. He's a comedic heel. And it's almost like a, 
I'm trying to think of a good term. It's almost like a swarmy heel. Like you want to see him get beat up, but he's also hilarious at the same time. And and I I enjoy those types of heels. Uh, so fantastic tech, uh, fantastic wrestling in this match. Dante now two and zero in ETWA, telling everybody at the show that nobody's invited to his after party, which you know it's, it's a little upsetting. But hey, it is what it is. Did himself a good job. We'll see what he does going forward. But not being able to go to the show for the last few months, seeing Dante on the card, doing a great job. I like it. I think this kid's going to do some some good stuff here at ETWA. After that, we had our second match, which was a tag team match. It was Adam Kirkland and Xander Torres, <laughs> known as the Rat Bastards, taking on Junie Underwood and Ethan Promise, the Lost Boys. Now, the Lost Boys had themselves a match with the ETWA Tag Team Champions last month uh, against the Colony. We'll get to them a little bit later on in the show. Lost Boys were a little too cocky about it. Colony humbled them and they said pretty much, you know, it's it's understandable. You know, we got our butts handed to us and now we want to come back and prove to everybody that we are better than everybody else. So it was weird because I looking at this right off the bat, I figured that <laughs> the Red Bastards would be the heels. Lost Boys would be the faces, but it was complete flip. This was a great tag match, pretty much a classic tag match. Lost Boys getting back on the winning ways, getting a win, and say that the next time they get a shot at the Colony, they will get the win and win the tag team titles. After that, we had a very, very interesting segment. So there is a, what they call <laughs> a cult classic up at Newport, uh, the wrestler by the name of the Jabba King. And... He had himself a two-on-one handicap match versus Turbo and Rickety Rocket. Both these men in masks and clearly there to be the quote-unquote jobbers of the night. It was pretty hilarious. But I did some homework on this because there was a family that was sitting right in front of me. I sat in the back row watching this, uh, taking notes on the show, uh, preparing for this podcast. And... All of a sudden, I see one of the ETWA staff members come up to this gentleman who's sitting next to me. Starts whispering to him. Java's music hits. He comes out uh, and starts doing his rounds around the ring. The guy stands up, takes water, throws it in Java's face. And I'm like, "What? wait, what? Like, what's going on? Like, I inadvertently am in the middle of an angle that's going on between a fan and Java King. So I, <laughs> when I went back and looked at things... Java King had done a body slam challenge back in September for our, for their September show. And he had four people come in the ring to try to body slam. Like this, Java King is, is, is a bigger man. He, he is heavy set and he was doing everything he possibly could cheating, even having his arm underneath the ropes to, to stop people from power slamming him. And this gentleman who was sitting next to me, his name was Dan was the last person in this group of four and when dan went to do his attempt he got jabba king off the ground and like this is a big man it's probably uh, probably north of 350 he had him up jabba king started kicking his legs and was able to get back down and then attacked the fan after the woods so i went 
after watching this uh, initial interaction happen, I was like, what in the hell's going on? Like, I'd never seen them interact with fans like this before. I'm like, I picked the perfect night to come back to this show. So one thing goes on from that. Jabba gets in the ring, dispatches of the two men in the ring, his two opponents. And then after that, Dan runs into the ring picks up Jabba King, power slams him, takes the money. Because the whole thing, the whole point of this whole power power slam challenge was that Jabba King put $500 on the line for anybody to be able to power slam him. Nobody could. So Dan runs in, picks him up, slams him down after the match, takes the money, just throws it back into his face. It was a great moment. Uh, I was I was loving this. I thought it was fantastic. I, I hope that they continue to do more stuff where they interact with fans and have have them come in. Uh, I was talking to him after the fact, and, and Dan said like, this was like a lifelong dream of his. Like he wanted to get in the ring and you know and see what he could do and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool. Part of me wonders if this is going to continue going forward into next month's show. I kind of hope it does. So we'll see. We'll see what happens after. We'll see what happens next month when I go. So. The next match was a classic 5v5 Survivor Series-esque style elimination match. Uh, it was the team of doing work uh, with uh, the leader being Jobs, uh, Electro, and Ultimo Ant, the tag team champions, L.S. Pertanto, and Jock St. Jean versus the bad guys, which were later named to Team Guapo, <laughs> uh, Dia, uh, Diego Alvarez, Johnny Pierce, Sean Keegan, Mike Anthony, and Skyler Mack. This was a fun match to watch. I didn't get a chance to write down the exact elimination style, but we end up having the classic two on, you know, two on four, two on three, you know, stuff like that. Doing work the faces here. Bad guys, obviously the bad guys. <laughs> uh, but the match ends up being uh diego alvarez getting the final pin over ultimo ant to be the sole survivor of the match and get the victory so now it makes me wonder if diego and his associate who is out there with him part of this match gets a future title shot for the tag team titles now obviously that's not up to me to decide that's up to etwa officials to do but just saying, if you if you pin the tag team champions, you probably should get yourself a title match. I don't know. Season's beatings is next month, so we'll see what happens. After that, we had our intermission, which was always great. You get to walk around, meet some of the wrestlers, buy some merchandise, you know, get your drinks, get your food. It's always a fun time. Walk around, stretch your legs out. It's good stuff. Once we got back from our intermission we had our next matchup which was the spoiler versus cpa now i've seen cpa wrestle a few times uh up in uh, up here in vermont and he's always been a lot of fun like obviously cpa you think taxes it's he the man wrestles in a full-on you know almost a suit and tie he's got the shirt he's got the ties and everything else multiple times during this match he starts taking off his shirt and he's got another shirt underneath with another tie and he did it like he <laughs> took out every single time he did it like three or four times he's like those are just my warm-up shirts it's fine it's fine no big deal but cpa gets the win here over the spoiler who i found out seems to be a a lackey for the etwa heavyweight champion sunny defarge kind of adding in trying to feel out the competition 
And obviously he sent the spoiler out to try to take care of CPA, who definitely is a huge fan favorite and possibly could be getting himself a shot at the title at some point. But we'll see what happens. Uh, after the match, Sonny Defarge actually came out and just verbally destroyed the spoiler, sending him to the back. And, well, unfortunately, when you don't do your job, you're going to get yelled at by your boss. It's just, it is what it is. After that, our sixth match of the night, there were eight and actually nine technically with the, the kickoff show. This was a, a fun, long ma- long show. Uh, started at 7 o'clock and ended around... 10 30 ish which is a lot later than normal normally their shows go to about 9 9 30 so it was good to be out for a long time to watch a lot of good wrestling but their sixth match of the night was the world famous cheeseburger from roh and you know being on i think aw dark as well uh this was a nice a nice surprise to see cheeseburger in action i've seen him at roh shows but it was cool to see him up in northern vermont you know wrestling in front of you know 50 60 people it's pretty cool he took on a relative newcomer named CC Boost. The man is essentially just like the emo of emo wrestlers, uh, but he's really good. He's got this Orange Cassidy quality to him where he's very kind of like slothish. But once he gets going, it's like all firing all cylinders. It's another kid that's going to do real well uh, up here in Vermont uh, the more he wrestles. And funny enough... He actually gets the win over Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger doing the job for this kid. And I love how CC Boost has his finisher. It's a side effect and then right into a Kimura. It's it's a beautiful transition the way he does this. Uh, and getting a big win over someone with the, you know, the reputation of Cheeseburger, that's that's huge. So we'll see what happens with CC Boost going forward. After that, this match was in Sane. It was our second to last match of the night, and it was a grudge match and a street fight uh, between Preston Douglas, who has been in the ETWA area for quite some time. Uh, he was uh, one of he was one of my well, he should say he is one of my favorite heels that the business that they have. Um, also in working with the ETWA heavyweight champion Sonny Defarge, uh, and he was taking on a friend of mine that I actually know this man quite well. The mullet man. Man is essentially the 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 redneck version of Hulk Hogan. And it's uh, not to knock anything. It's just he's he's so fantastic. The crowd is completely behind Mullet Man. And this match was brutal. So a few months back, Preston Douglas actually broke Mullet Man's ankle. Like legit. Like not like, a, oh, no, it's the wrestling breaking over your ankle. No, no, no. Legit broken. Mullet Man was out of action for months and the rage just came from it so we go into this street fight and i'm telling you when i'm watching this match i don't cringe at wrestling i cringed a few times during this match it's not because it was bad but just it was just brutal we're talking chair shots we're talking top of you know the trash can lids to the head uh at one point they were literally two feet from me throwing uh preston into the concrete wall at the very back uh, there were there were door frames that were in, or doors that were brought in that had shattered ladders, a, a table, uh, kendo stick. It was insane. Like, it, and by the end of this, Preston Douglas is a bloody mess, and Mullet Man was able to extract revenge, breaking Preston's ankle after this using the chair, putting his ankle in between, jumping off the ropes, 
smashing it and then using a steel chair for extra oomph and smashes his his, his, his ankle yet again. We find out afterwards, as as Preston's being brought to the back, how he doesn't understand why Mullet Man is so upset and, and why he attacked, you know, with such fury and why did he break my ankle? He didn't have to do that. Well, a whole eye for an eye thing, I guess, you know, you kind of had it coming. So it is what it is. And then our main event of the night was for the ETWA championship. Now, because Sigma was out, he wanted to have the opportunity to personally pick the opponent for Sonny Defarge, which obviously not good for the heel champion because he doesn't know who to who to get ready for. But he is greeted with another fan favorite and someone who I really enjoy watch wrestling. I've watched him up in Vermont and down in Massachusetts when I was down there. Bobby Orlando, the goatest of them all. He has Bobby Jr., which is like... <laughs> A pretty giant goat that he has on his back. If you don't know who Bobby Orlando is, look up his stuff. He's he's hysterical. It's fantastic. He's a great a great face, a great good guy wrestler. He had the entire crowd chanting. The other wrestlers were even up in the rafters and they were chanting. It was just a lot of fun. This main event was great. Bobby, unfortunately, does not get the win here. Sonny Defarge able to retain his title. So Sonny's been champion for quite some time now. He's had a whole bunch of title defenses. Uh, he is the legit bit of a businessman trying to do good business for ETWA. But of course, he's a bad guy. So how legitimate is he? We don't know. But. After this match, they talked about the show for next month. It is called Seasons Beatings. It will be December 3rd back in Newport. I'm very much looking forward to this. This should be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and then we'll be going into next year. Uh, not sure when their, their next show is. I believe it might be February. I don't, I don't know if they're going to have one in January, especially with it being the dead of winter and snow likes to fall a lot <laughs> up here. Uh, although we did just have two back-to-back 70-degree days in the beginning of November, so uh, global warming? I don't know. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see. But thank you guys so much for listening to this uh, special Back to Basics podcast. Appreciate you guys for listening. If you listen to this whole thing, I really, truly do appreciate it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. We are so close to 10,000 followers. We just want to get over that hump before the before the end of the year. We greatly appreciate it. You can also find us on Facebook at Ship It Above the Ring. And you can find us on Instagram at underscore Above the Ring. You can find myself pretty much everywhere as Scotty J Stream, and you can find this podcast on basically every podcasting platform that is out there. If you are listening to one that we're not a part of, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it, though. You can do all your one-stop podcast shopping and add a little bedlam to your day from above the ring. Most importantly, guys, we appreciate you once again for listening. Also, do not forget to ship it and join the bedlam. Have a good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. 
From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.